Hello, everyone. Happy Friday! Welcome to the weekly show of Classroom Without Walls. My name is I. I'm the CEO of Classroom Without Walls and the host of this weekly live streaming show. You can also listen to us on the traditional audio-only podcast. Just search "What Is School For." On this show, I interview leading business leaders, entrepreneurs, educators, teachers, students, parents to come here to discuss, debate, and disrupt education. Our goal is to future-proof the next generation. Today, I'm really, really honored and excited to have Josiah Tang on the show to talk about his journey, incredible journey. From、uh, to become a multi-millionaire, and、uh, Josiah is also an investor, and he owns multiple businesses. He's a local political leader and entrepreneur, and he's also、uh, a contributing、uh, author in our book,、uh, "Skip the Degree,、uh, Save the Tuition." That my friend, my dear friend. Julia McCoy and I we just wrote, and I am so 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 inspired by Josiah's story, and to really show you an alternative path to success. You don't really have to go through college, you know, high school, so that to have a good life. You don't have to nowadays. There are lots of options. Just like, for example, Josiah himself, he only has an eighth grade education. And has never got a college degree or high school diploma, but he has been generating massive success and impact, and changing people's lives. So we are all in for a treat. I can't wait to unpack his journey. He's also a dad. So how is he going to homeschool or like traditional schooling、uh, their own children? So we're really excited to learn more about that. And as always, a big shout out to Streamyard. For being a sponsor of the show over the last four years, I have tried so many different third-party tools to go live. Streamyard is my personal favorite. In the comment section, you will see a link to to check out Streamyard for free for two weeks. So check it out and shoot me a message if you are interested. And we are live on Facebook. We are also live inside Skip the Degree, Save the、uh, Save the Tuition, our Facebook group. We are also live on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Periscope, on Twitch. So let me know where you guys are joining us live from, social media wise and geographically speaking. Without any further ado, Josiah, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited to have you. And、uh, we are all—we already have a dozen people here. We are all excited to learn more about your journey. And for me, as a disruptive educator, I just love, love, love stories like yours. So、uh, let's start with your backstory. As I mentioned earlier, you know you have multiple businesses, and you just turned thirty. Already a multi-millionaire, and you are a local political leader. You are doing so many good things, but. You you received so little formal education. So can you share that、uh, backstory with us? Yeah, I'd love to. So、um, I grew up in a traditional conservative home, and、uh, we went to a Christian private school. And in my family, that was kind of the only option for us.、Uh, my my parents felt like that was the only option. And、um, it was just a very strict school, and I didn't do very well with. <laughs> Being a leader and being a vocal person, being you know,、uh, I didn't do very well with the just the format that it was. Also, the type of curriculum、uh, was very narrow, and I feel like kids in our society nowadays we we have to be open to teaching kids differently and learning how really learning how they learn and not trying to fit them into a box.、Um, so that was one one thing that was really difficult for me. And and some kids the, the curriculum worked,、um, but for me it was very difficult. I'm more of a hands-on type learner. And just the, the structure they had in place was very difficult for me to learn in.、Um, and so then, over the years, through some family situations that went on,、um, I ended up dropping out of school. And my mom was going to be homeschooling me. And around that time,、mm-hmm. my mom ended up actually leaving our family. And、um, so I ended up in this situation without a degree, without you know, without a high school diploma, and、uh, started to educate myself. And of course, everybody around me told me. That I had to get my GED, or I needed to go back to school, and、uh, there for a while I actually felt the pressure of that. As a young person, it was difficult to、um, 
be able to resist the peer pressure of like, oh, I have to fit this societal mold, this box that they that I need to fit into. And so I actually went even I even actually went and took my GED test at one point. I was about 17 years old at the time and uh, took my GED test. And even though I'd only gone up to eighth grade, I actually tested as an 11th grader, which was interesting mm-hmm. uh, under the GED format. But I didn't even pass my GED. Uh, so that I just want this to be an encouragement to people out there, maybe that don't have uh, any kind of diploma of any sort and haven't, you know, don't even have a GED to realize that uh, the opportunity here in the United States, especially um, uh, the opportunity is endless. Like, you know, the sky's the limit and really it's what you choose to do with yourself. And uh, that piece of paper, the diploma or the, you know, the high school diploma or even the GED doesn't determine, you know, where your success is going to be. Um, so anyway, I ended up not getting a, a you know diploma, and after several years went by, I started to actually value it rather than see it as a detriment. I started to actually realize that uh, I probably was better off without it. I still had my creativity intact, and uh, it made me a little bit more of a free thinker and more of a leader rather than me thinking of how I need to go get a job. I was thinking of how I was going to create jobs, uh, how I'd build my own dream, and uh, so that was really really helpful. And then, you know, there, at some point I realized that my story could become an inspiration to other people. And so I took a little bit of joy in the fact that I had no diploma because I realized where I was headed and uh, that I that my journey was blessed. And so I was like, you know what, this is actually going to be a pretty neat story. So it's cool that, that I ended up, you know, coming across you guys and that this is the first time that this has ever become public that I've ever, you know. Oh my God, I didn't besides, know that. Yeah, wow. besides, besides my family and close friends, I have never really talked about this publicly. So this is really neat. I, I knew at some point this would come. And so it's neat how God's kind of opened the door for this to happen. So, oh my goodness, I didn't even know that. Yes, I know. You have inspired me so much. Even before we went live, I told uh, Josiah that even my own kids, nine years old, he is actually watching this interview right now, was so inspired by your journey and transformation. And I, I, you know, for me, I'm like kind of the opposite. I spent my entire life in in education. You know, I'm surrounded with people like who have all those like terminal degrees. But I, I so agree with what you mentioned earlier. You, you mentioned that your creativity and the outside box thinker. I think those are really incredible skills to set us apart from the average person to become a leader, right? So I want to kind of you give us lots of information. I want to kind of unpack a little bit. And you mentioned before we went live, you mentioned that you have 11 siblings in the family, really big. So yeah. when your mom decided to homeschool you, like how did she even balance? Was she like actually teaching you or mainly you were already doing, I, I think you mentioned self-directed learning. So can you share that with us? Because I asked this question, many parents and many teachers, we have feel this pressure that we have to teach everything, right? You have to yeah. teach this, this, and that. But what I discovered is that it's not so much about teaching, but to really help our children to uncover what is already within them. But I want to hear your perspective. Were you mainly a self-directed learner or your mom was like a teacher kind of doing school at home? So how did that work out for you guys? Yeah. So uh, the intentions of my mom was to homeschool me, but just because of circumstances that were going on, personal things within the family and stuff. And like I said, my mom ended up actually leaving our family around that time, shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even, yeah, her intentions were to homeschool, but that's not really what happened. And I ended up becoming, like what you're saying, a self-learner. I started mm-hmm. teaching myself and it wasn't nece- it wasn't traditional either. I wasn't teaching myself, you know, the ninth grade through 12th grade, what, you know, what, I, what people were saying I should have been learning. I started teaching myself stuff that I was actually interested in, which wow. I think was very very important. Um, I was learning stuff about agriculture and such, and also about politics. And I would spend hours a day, which is interesting. As a 16-year-old kid, spend hours a day listening to talk radio shows. I don't know how many 16-year-olds actually do that. Most of my friends at that point were playing video games. Um, but I, but I nothing was playing... has changed. Sorry to interrupt you, but nothing okay. has changed. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I ended up becoming a self-learner and uh, just kind of taught myself the things that I knew were important to me and things that were actually going to line up with my calling things that I you know, felt passion for. That's one thing that, that I've really, uh, which we'll talk about more in the show, I think, but uh, just about learning what kids are interested in and then teaching to that. And that's what I ended up doing for myself as a young person in a big family, basically falling through the cracks 
and not being, you know, not having a dad that was at work and a mom that was gone. I had to kind of find my own course, basically. Are you now? You have eleven siblings. Are you the the youngest one, or in the middle? No, I'm right in the middle. Yep. Oh wow, wow! Actually, we have a, a question, a really good question related to your sibling. But I want to really highlight this. I think what you said, you know, you are learning what you are interested in learning, as opposed to what you are supposed to learn. And here, I feel like you just know it. That's why I have worked with thousands of students in my entire education career. I have never met. One single student who can honestly, you know, touch their heart and tell me, Doctor, I, I love school. I love going to school. I'm excited to wake up and go to school. I have never ever heard someone saying that. So I think that is the problem because they are being forced to learn what they are supposed to learn based on standardized curriculum. But every kid, no kid is standardized. So I really love that point that you mentioned. So that's such, yeah, a great point. And here is、uh, a question from Dan. He's asking, how did your siblings fare? And this is actually what we were discussing right before we went live. And、uh, so, can you share that with us? Right? Are you the only person who didn't go to school, or there are a group of you guys at home who didn't go to school? So, can can you kind of paint、uh, paint that picture for us? Yeah, that's a great question. Glad glad that he asked.、Um, so,、uh, all of my other siblings ended up finishing high school, and some of them went on to、uh, go to college. And one of my brothers got a double degree, criminal justice and international business. Um, and he's actually has had trouble finding a job、um, because so many people nowadays have degrees. You don't necessarily have something different than the rest of the crowd. You don't have you're not standing out. Years ago, it used to be that if you had a degree, you stood out, you know, and you had something special. That's not really the case anymore.、Uh, many many employers are actually looking for life experience.、Mm-hmm. Uh, one person I can mention that I've heard recently mention that was、uh, Elon Musk, and I may mention him later in the show because I feel like he has a. Good outlook on education, but Elon Musk was saying that he would rather hire somebody that has、uh, some determination and has、uh, you know creativity than hiring somebody who has the paper, you know, the piece,、mm-hmm. the, the degree. He said it really doesn't mean much of anything to him. So yeah. Anyway, my, yeah, several of my siblings have gotten degrees, and actually, they've come back and worked for me at times、uh, in my businesses. So that's kind of neat. That、uh, and that's as a young person that once I left the school system, that's one thing I always said. I was like, I don't need to have a degree or even a diploma. I was like, I'll be hiring those people that go out and get the educations. And、uh, at the time, it seemed like a little bit of a joke or a little bit of sarcasm. But over the last ten years, that's proven to actually be the true story. So. I mean, I love it. I, as I said earlier, I have a bunch of degrees, but like my, as I was reading your story, I was like, oh my god, I'm so inspired. I hope to be like Josiah in five years. So I try to catch up with you,、yeah. and、uh, so that's、uh, really fascinating. So, were there like points in your life, especially given that you know when you were young, trying to build your business, and your siblings are earning all those degrees? Do you ever felt、uh, the pressure that oh wow what am I doing right like I'm so like I think nowadays you see more and more people being so different、uh, not following the conventional path but back then like do you ever have any like mental press like stress a、uh, stress or pressure feel like wow what am I doing I'm so different compared to my friends and、uh, siblings. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think at one point I did have that、um, in in my teens, my late teens. Um, but then, after establishing my first business, which was a lawn care company that I established as a, as a teenager,、um, once I established my business and started to make money and do things, and then, then my brother that was going to college would come home to work for me on the weekends so they could pay for college.、Uh, I think at that point I started to realize the value in what I was doing and realizing that my story was going to be different. You know, so. Why?、Wow. So do you think?、Oh- That's the fact that you are such an outside box thinker, as you mentioned already. Most teenagers are playing games, video games, doing whatever. So the fact that you are such an outside thinker, thinker, was it because you haven't been receiving this traditional education, or it is something that is like intrinsic to who you are? I think a little bit of both,、um, because、mm-hmm. when I was in the education system. I was always getting in trouble for being an outside thinker when I was supposed to be doing my schoolwork. My teachers would catch me at my desk, drawing blueprints of houses or maps of subdivisions and all kinds of weird stuff. As that was about eleven, twelve, and thirteen year old,、um, I was getting in trouble for you know if they had, if I had a computer in front of me, they'd find me on the painting program designing a blueprint of a home.、Um, and at the time, I just thought it was fun. I didn't really necessarily know how that would play into my life. And then end up later, it's really neat to see how these things, how your passions at a young age, 
-hmm. and, and parents can can pay attention to this with their kids about like what is it that your kid's interested in and you might find later down the road years from now they're in a position they're you know they're calling ends up in a place where you realize oh what they were doing at a young age was actually something that god put in their hearts to you know that's what they were created for mm -hmm. um so yeah i was i'd say that i pushed um through the education system basically i kind of rebelled against the education system and had that creativity mm -hmm. um and so it was in me it was in me as a you know in a certain way but there's a lot of other people in that same situation that they had that and after 12 years of education in the standard school system it'd been snuffed out so yeah i think it was there uh, but i think i preserved it a little bit by leaving the traditional education system yeah i mean you don't really have those outside noises right telling you hey like do the work, stay focused, right? Yes, yeah. I love it. And this is also one of my questions. I'm curious. And Zizi, thank you for joining us live. He asked you, what was uh, your business during the younger years? You you mentioned one. Like, did you have a few? So maybe you can share some of your business uh, ideas and stories with us when you were younger. Yeah. So the my my first business I started when I was 15. It was actually the same year that I ended up leaving school. Um, and it was kind of a, a family business that I took over and developed, um, but it was a lawn care business in our community and uh, ended up being kind of a launching pad, gave me business experience, gave me, you know, connections in the community and gave me a good resources. You know, I had a good financial base to be able to start doing other things. Um, mm -hmm. So from there, then I ended up years later getting into the real estate business. And I also became a home renovator and uh, we've have flipped a lot of houses. And that's something that we have found to be very successful for us and uh, something I really enjoy. So that's that's mm -hmm. one thing I would tell people as far as the business side goes. Um, don't necessarily try to find what makes money so much as find what makes you tick and you'll be good at it. Mm -hmm. um, find out find out what you really enjoy. And uh, you won't basically like what they say, you won't work a day in your life if you figure out what you enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I finally have a taste of it nowadays. Before I started my own entrepreneur journey, I was listening to podcasts and I, I listened to those entrepreneurs and people who said they, they love Monday. I used to joke. I was like, they are liars. Like, why? Nobody loves Mondays. It's so brutal, right? And now I, I, I really do what I love, run my own school and seeing more transformations in my students. I can really honestly say that I love Monday every day. It is such a great feeling. So I have a follow-up question based on this, Josiah. Like many students, like it's so incredible that you actually discovered your calling. You know, right now you are in the real estate industry. You love like blueprinting houses, all those things. And you discover your calling at such a young age. And most, many of the students that I work with who are even in their early 20s, they still have no life direction. They have no idea what they are interested in. I mean, it is a very big issue that parents come to me like they're just lost. They're confused. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they want to do. So what is it in you that you discover your calling at such a young age? And maybe you can also share some advice with parents and even young people like, what can they do to really uncover that calling within them? Uh, that's a good question, but maybe a tough one. I'll try to answer the best I can. Um, so I think for me, a lot of what in my early days as a teenager, you know, my late teens and stuff, and even early 20s, um, I think a lot of what I did was the opportunities that I had in front of me, I made the most of. I knew that that wasn't necessarily my life calling, um, mm -hmm. but I knew that it was a good uh, resource for me to get started. And so, yeah, I basically, you know, did what I had it in front of me and that was a launching pad and then over time in my early 20s things started developing and interests that i had started to be have open doors to start flourishing mm -hmm. you know um and just had, like with my lawn care business it really launched me into the real estate and stuff um it's, it's been a great opportunity that way um and i and i have a lot of friends like what you're talking about that are you know in their 20s and some of them even going into their 30s and are still confused not really sure what they're going to be doing with their life and uh, I kind of wonder if that comes from the education system. Mm. They, you know, creativity and ideas that they may have had kind of got beaten out of them. They're told to get, you know, a, a nice formal education so they can get a job. And a lot of the free thoughts that they may have had mm. or ideas that, you know, in their, in their younger years in that education system, many times you're told not to dream, essentially. Um, mm. People are told, you know, you need to do something that makes money. You shouldn't be thinking about things that are frivolous. You shouldn't be thinking about music or art or those types of things because those aren't how you make money. So you have to think of mm. something that makes you money. 
Um, and so many, yeah, many of their dreams, I think people have had them snuffed out through the education system. Yeah, and that's so true. It reminds me of a conversation I had with another uh, education leader, and he told me that he was surprised by the fact that students don't even know how to dream, how to dream anymore. When they were young, they had lots of dreams. Yeah. But as they grow older, they just like pretty much lost that ability to dream. So I think that's a really great point that you made, and it's very powerful observation. So like I'm sure everyone has this question, right? You only uh, you know, went to school at like eighth grade, didn't go to college or high school, all those things. But clearly you are beyond any type of measures, a very successful person making a positive impact in our society. So where did you learn those like skills like business operation and hiring people, team building, leadership skills, and you are really active in the political arena. Like where did you learn and cultivate those really essential life skills to get you to where you are today? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think it's, it's multiple avenues. Uh, I think some of it is instinct. I think, you know, we're created with certain abilities mm -hmm. and, and things, you know, just in, in, in the DNA of who we are. So some of it's instinct. And um, I would say also a large part of it is who you surround yourself with. I, I I was always very intentional about surrounding myself with older people. I feel like uh, I had friends of my generation, but also a lot of older people that I looked up to that I would see as kind of mentors. They were never, you know, they didn't have the title of mentor. It's not like we ever talked about that, but that's really what was going on. Um, is I, there were people that I could look up to that have achieved things and gone before me. Um, and so I had a lot of input and be able to glean from them, just hanging out with them, spending time with them in their business world and everything, be able to glean a lot of uh, wisdom on things. Um, and then the other side of it is just the school of hard knocks. Honestly, uh, in, in the business world, anybody that's doing anything right ends up making a lot of mistakes. Um, if you're willing to take a risk, you're going to make mistakes. And, uh, you, you know, the road can be kind of bumpy sometimes and seem a little bit rough. But really, in those most challenging times, that's when you learn the most. Uh, in the easy times, I've never really learned anything. Um, it's when things were difficult that I walked away a stronger person and had more wisdom for the future to be able to avoid problems or be able to solve problems. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'd say the school of hard knocks is probably the, the biggest contributor to learning things and how to handle business situations and such. I mean, that's, that's like such a great point, right? Like I, uh, before we live as you know, I, I think reflecting on my journey and the, all the books I have read, like if you really have to want to learn something, you just have to apply. It is through that application process that you internalize the knowledge without application. You're only involving the brain and the short-term memory in a few like, to be honest, I already forgot everything I learned from like my college, you know, my master's degree, all those things, are very few things I, you know, I, I still remember. But like now I run my own business. It is such, it is the best teacher. I made lots of mistakes, as you mentioned, but it is such a great way to learn. But it is sad to see that young people, especially as they grow older, they are becoming like so afraid of making mistakes, right? Everyone is like, afraid of losing a point. I think that comes from the traditional educational system, right? Like everyone's being judged and evaluated of losing point, being so obsessed with a, a, a specific great point and they're losing their their courage to make mistakes. Do, do you see that in some of the people that you hire? Yeah, I've, I've seen that a lot. And that's really what holds people back, I think. That, that's one thing I could stress through, through, you know, this whole situation is talking about just how like you, it's really impossible to get anywhere to achieve anything without being willing to take a risk. And then that fear of making a mistake really prohibits you from jumping out and taking that step, you know, um, and you will make mistakes. It's not going to be flawless. Like, you know, and like I said, those, that was, that's when you learn the most. Um, but yeah, I see that a lot in, in the real estate world and stuff, people that just play it safe. And those aren't the ones that achieve big things. The people who achieve big things are the ones that are willing to lose it all. Basically, you know, put it all on the line. Yeah, it's so true. And we have here a great question from Pooja joining us live from India. Thank you. So what's made you to start your own business? And she wants to help everyone uh, to really unleash their best stuff without any confusion or self-doubt. So I guess the question is, what was kind of that, that trigger, that tipping point to make you start your own business? Um, I. So I think it's, it's kind of a natural instinct for me and, and a lot of people who get into business, they would probably say the same, that it's just something that was built into them, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and but for me, the, probably the, the thing is the thing that pushed me to that point was the fact that I wasn't getting a formal education. I saw that that was not going to be my route, and so I knew that I had to basically chart my own course. Um, it it pushed me out of the safe zone. Uh, the people that have that are getting a traditional traditional education, they have that. that that's kind of their you know they know that's their safe spot. They're they can play it safe and they can stick with that and they're going to be okay. I didn't have that assurity of, of the traditional education. And so that really pushed me to achieve and realize I, I'm not going to become anything unless I make it myself, you know? Mm. I think uh, from what I'm hearing is that you, you finally started to become responsible for your own life, right? Not to rely on anyone else, become self-sufficient. And uh, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, my, I know I have worked with many students who are just like perpetual students. They don't ever graduate. After college, they, they go to get a master, after master, get a PhD, after PhD, get a postdoc, because it is such a safe spot, like yeah. safe space, right? You have advisors, yeah. like curriculum is figured out for you. you. You pretty much just show up, do the work, and then you graduate. And you, and you so, don't have to, in that, in that situation, because uh, I know people that do the same thing, and you don't have to really prove yourself. Besides mm -hmm. getting the A's on your grade, you know, and, and getting your next diploma, you don't ever actually have to take your abilities and apply them to real world circumstances. So yeah, it's definitely a, a safe place for people. Yeah, totally uh, uh, agree. And uh, Michael, joining us live from the uh, UK, thank you. And uh, it's resonating with you, you know, really learn, and this is what you mentioned, right? Learn what makes you feel interested, not what you're supposed to do, or what the conventional wisdom is telling you. And speaking of which, you know, conventional wisdom, and you actually mentioned and in the book, skip the degree, save the college. And I love this sentence. You said that college is unnecessary to achieve success. And also, even to the extent that even K-12 school system is not totally necessary. Uh, lots of radical perspectives, which I love, 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 given that I don't think I'm a reasonable person. So can you share and elaborate that for us? So what do you mean? Like what, like, like what do you mean by saying those things? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I'll try to unwrap that a little bit. So um, basically, I, I think the education system, you know, all the way from kindergarten, all the way up into college, there's a lot of stuff that's just, it's fluff. This mm -hmm. talk, it is not really going, I mean, like, I can't remember anything I was really taught in my younger, besides reading and writing and mm -hmm. simple math, there was so much stuff that I was taught that is out the window uh, besides the basics. And I know for people that went on, you know, to high school and on to college and stuff, they mostly can't recite anything they learned. Uh, we're taught to memorize, basically, you're taught to memorize, be able to get a good grade on the test and then move on. Um, we're not actually taught to retain the information and actually be able to apply it. That's the big thing that's lacking. It, we, we're not taught to apply it to real life in many circumstances. I'm not saying that you know there, are, there aren't schools out there that do that. Mm -hmm. I know there are some different types of schools, but most schools in a public school system and even private school system, most of them are not teaching how to apply what they're learning. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, can you ask the question again? I'm, I'm getting myself off track here. Yeah, I mean, like, I also agree with you, right? So I ask you, like, why college, you said college is necessary to achieve success. Uh, even yeah. K-12 school system is not totally necessary. I mean, you you made a, a very powerful point because they don't even, like, I remember when I was a student, I didn't see any relevance between what I was learning, like, from my teachers versus like my life, I don't see any relevance. So I think that misconnection and then it really numbs the heart, right? Like my yeah. heart is like not engaged. Why am I learning this, right? It's yeah, like yeah. forcing me yeah. to eat broccoli that have zero interest. Uh, why, right? Why do I do this? So you want anything else, add anything else to this? Yeah, I, I was in the same circumstance as a young person trying to figure out why am I learning this and how does this apply to me? And I was told, you know, basically this is just what you do. Like, well, what, why? I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a free thinker, so I question, okay, we just do it because we're told to, or is there, how does this, how is this gaining me anything? You know, how's this gonna apply? How am I gonna use this in life? And most of it, I couldn't find a place for it. And so I, you know, just resisted the whole way basically. Um, but yeah, how I think that our education system, most, a lot of it is unnecessary is that it doesn't apply for what people are going to be doing with their life. Actually, it doesn't apply. And honestly, with all the technology and stuff that we have these, these days, the, so much information being crammed down our throats of stuff that doesn't even interest us and doesn't apply to what we're doing. Um, 
you know, information is at our fingertips. Mm -hmm. So rather than teaching so much useless information, I think the education system should be teaching more hands-on and life skills and um, actually teaching to what people's interests are. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, reading and writing, the basic stuff, those are necessary. But beyond that, um, and, and the other thing is teaching people to be continual learners. And I, I think that's a huge thing. And I, I know that's something that me and my wife have talked about for our young one as he gets older, that we want to teach him to be a continual learner and not just, you know, memorize things and take the test and pass, but actually learn to love education. And, and that's think a lot of young people get burnt out on education after 12 years of school or after 12 years plus a degree. Yeah, you get burnt out and you don't, you're not wanting to take any information anymore. I feel like I escaped the whole burnout thing by quitting early. And so I was continually gleaning from articles, from books, from things I was watching on YouTube, from people that I was hanging around, uh, business people that I was spending time with. I gleaned lots of information. And there was other people that were around me at that same time that I feel like did not glean as much. They just kind of blocked those things out because they were so burnt out on education. So I think one of the main things is teaching kids to be continual learners through the whole life and uh, not just, okay, I get my diploma and then I'm done learning type of mentality. I love that. I'm such an advocate of lifelong learning. That's why, you know, even the program that I built at Classmate that was, the slogan I use, this is the school that you never graduate. We give our students lifelong access and coaching, things like that, because I have seen enough, you know, especially after commencement, graduation, students like throwing away their books, like burning this and that, as if, you know, that's the end of their learning. And because they only they think that only when go to go inside the four walls, that's where learning happens. But what you said is such a great point, which I totally agree, is that real learning, like this is what we believe, the best education actually happens outside the classroom is exactly what you mentioned. So here we got some uh, really uh, good question. So uh, again, from Dan, and so he asked uh, Josiah, so for those people who have been playing safe, like probably like many of you siblings in the safe zone for their whole life and careers, but now they want to do more, right? For some people, for me, it was like mid-age crisis. I was like, shoot, is this my life? I hate my life. So what would you recommend they do, right? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I would, first of all, I would surround yourself with risk takers Find people who have basically jumped out of the boat uh, and surround yourself with them. They'll they'll cheer you on and they'll give you you know help give you courage. The other thing is, I would start with something small in your life that is kind of but is kind of radical. Base just do something that shakes up your uh, your traditional behavior. Mm -hmm. um, just doing doing something that is out of the ordinary that makes you feel unsafe or uncomfortable. I would say start with that. Even if it's not, you don't necessarily have to go out and start a business today. Uh, but do something drastic, whether it's sell your house and move or something that starts to build that uh, stamina, you know, to be able to handle really drastic things. It kind of s switches your mindset from staying in the safe zone. Mm. I, I love that. I think it's uh, especially the second point. It's a great way to kind of awaken the soul, right? Like most people's souls, heart are asleep. They, they, they are on autopilot every day, you know, get up the same thing coffee whatever and they don't really think so what you were suggesting i love how you said something radical right so when when something radical is happening you are like shaking yourself internally to be hey wake up and uh, i love that that's a that's a great piece of advice yeah so uh gayatri is resonating with you right i think this this point everyone agrees like learning to apply knowledge and apply knowledge to real life and this is really key if you are like what we do, we force our kids sitting on their chairs and that's not really real life learning. So here again from Pooja and she asked, you know, what advice and would you like to give to young people like teenagers? Actually, that's one of my questions. You have been in the business space for some time, for quite some time, and you are very, very successful. You hire people, probably also fire people. You have worked with lots of people. So if a young person, a high schooler or college age or teenager is approaching you and asking for some like career, life, maybe even business advice, what would you share with this person? Um, there's lots of things I could share with them, but I would say one of the first things is to identify your passions. That's really important. Um, a lot of people aren't really pushed to do that. I don't know that that's something that's really pushed in the education system to identify what your passion is and what makes you tick, what makes your heart come alive. That's one thing. And the other thing I would tell them is to surround themselves with people that are, who, are, are 
surround yourself with somebody that you would want to become basically. Um, that could be somebody from your generation or many times that can be somebody older who's already gone before you and achieved things and has wisdom um, and make, make connections and relations, build relationships with those types of people. And it'll be, you'll be amazed when you look back on time, uh, how beneficial those relationships were. Uh, some of them just the wisdom that they impart and some of them, those relationships will even open doors. Uh, they have connections and things that people they will connect you to that will open doors for you. Uh, looking back on, you know, my last 10 or 15 years, that's one thing I've really noticed and really placed a lot of value in, um, is just the people that I've surrounded myself with. Mm-hmm. These are great points. And, uh, I, I, th- I wonder if you can kind of t- now talking about reflect on your life. So if you are reflecting on your life, what do you think if you can recall, what are the specific hard skills and soft skills that you have learned along the way that really contributed to your success? I mean, you already mentioned a few, but I'm just like wondering if you have anything else kind of reflecting on your life a little bit more. I was hoping you wouldn't ask that question. I, I read that on your list that you sent me and uh, I was trying to think about it. I was asking my wife actually this morning, I was like, I don't know how to pin that down. I've learned a lot of different things. Um, so I, I don't know if I even have a solid answer for that. Um, I, that's difficult for me to, to process, you know, we're, we're, yeah, probably somebody that knows me from the outside mm-hmm. would be able to answer that question better, but really where my skills lie and how, you know, skills that I gained through the process. Um, but I do know that through being in business and stuff, yeah, there is a lot, I mean, tons of things that I was never taught. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't taught in home life or wasn't taught in school um, that I gleaned uh, and I can't even pinpoint necessarily, but so much of who I am today was just gleaned through the process of being in business and surrounding myself with business people. Uh, a lot of skills and, and uh, yeah, just different talents and stuff were built up through that time. Yeah. So if you could kind of, you know, if you had the budget and resources to influence how a school uh, was going to be designed what do you think are some really important skills that you actually learn through real life learning that you think we should we must we have to incorporate in the traditional school curriculum yeah great question i've, I've talked to a lot of people about this and even i used to be on a school board for six years here locally mm-hmm. in our community and that's something that i tried to promote while on the school board was real life skills and and you know how you gain those um and i think that um a lot of the financial stuff is not taught in schools that I think would be very beneficial. I know that uh, some of these local schools here, I've started to teach the Dave Ramsey course. And uh, that's really neat to see because most of these, you know, the previous generation would come out of school and they wouldn't know how to balance a checkbook. Um, and they, they knew how to write and how to add numbers and stuff, but to actually balance a checkbook and know how to put savings and all these different types of things. I think it's so important. Um, and I would love to see that more in our education system is actually teaching kids hands-on how do you navigate finances. Um, and because it wasn't ever taught in school, there's a huge portion of our society who is in mountains of debt and doesn't know how to handle what they, you know, their, their resources well. And uh, it's, it's really a problem. And I think that it can easily be corrected uh, just by bringing in financial courses that are hands on, actually involving kids and making them do these things before we kick them out into the real world, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's such a great point. I actually grew up in China before I came to the U.S. for graduate school. And I don't think we had lots of courses on financial literacy, but like we definitely talked a lot about like financial, like 70s financial intelligence. And so when, after I came to the US, I was watching some TV shows and people literally didn't know how to save their money. They're like overspending. I was like, wow, how was that even possible? So I so agree that, you know, it is such an important thing that we need to really educate like our children at a very young age and make it like learning really fun some fun projects yeah so anything else you think should be added besides this like financial literacy that you think oh wow this thing is really important that i wish you know more students are learning this in school yeah um there's a lot of different life skills and i think it's just in general um that the life skills are lacking just the day i mean even how they used to teach home ec and, and school and shop class and these types of things uh, some schools are still teaching that type of stuff, but in many ways that has been phased out with other things um, and just, just hands-on life skills that mm-hmm. are very valuable. And some people, actually, some of those skills, not only do you use in everyday life to function as an adult, but uh, some people actually go on to use those as their career. Um, I know guys that I ended up, went to school with, they went to shop class, 
and the school may have seen it as just teaching kids some hands-on skills. Mm -hmm. uh, those guys went on to become mechanics or welders and stuff and have, you know, successful careers uh, in those areas. So. I love it. I love it. And so here's a great question from Gayatri asking, and she's also a great uh, educator herself. She's, she works with lots of young people and who are really struggling with the idea that what they're, they are passionate about doesn't seem to be very practical or life sustaining as a career. Oh, I love this question. So what advice would you have for those kids? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question and, and a difficult one. Uh, and I, I know people that are in that same boat that their passion doesn't seem to line up with something that makes money. And I think for some people, they have to wrap it around kind of in a way and incorporate it into something um, that does make money, you know, and, and kind of be able to be able to change with the situations they're in uh, to be able to, to make it work for them. And some people I've known some people that want to take what should be a hobby and turn it into a career. And there are some things that, you know, like me planting a garden, that's not necessary. I could turn that into a career, but that's not necessarily what I want to do with my life, but I enjoy doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, so some people, they will have to, you know, there's certain things that are going to be a hobby and you might be able to teach other people. You might be able to, you know, you might be able to, it might be able to play a big role in your life and how you teach other people in the community and that type of thing. But it might, might not be exactly what makes you money. Um, but some people have turned things like that, uh, you know, some of their hobbies, uh, into money-making things. So it really depends, you know, on what situation you're in and the connections that you have, uh, how you can spin those things in a way that you can be doing them every day as a career. Yeah, I, I think you have been mentioning this quite a lot, which I which I so agree is that, you know, our children need to have more positive role models who are doing things they want to do, not necessarily from their peers, which I think is a problem because when you look at education, students are only mingling with the same generation. I think a true education should be intergenerational, right? So you are actually learning, observing people who are actually a few steps ahead of you. You actually have some positive role models as opposed to pure peer influence. And we all know sometimes that can be good, oftentimes can be really, really bad. So I love, you know, throughout this interview, you have been mentioning that. And there's also like to kind of follow up based on what you said, Josiah, is I will share my screen uh, real quick. And this is something that I have been sharing on my show quite a few times. And Gertrude, I feel like maybe you can share this with your students, which is a very uh, interesting concept that I love. It's called Ikigai. It's a Japanese concept and, and pretty much to help you find kind of what Josiah mentioned earlier, to find the sweet spot in life that you can have a happy life, a meaningful career. You do not only what you love, but also what our society actually needs and are people willing to pay for this? And also based on what you are really good at, when you can find the common spot, the sweet spot among all of those circles, that's what you need to do for your life. So maybe that can kind of help your students to figure it out. And uh, yeah, so I, I wonder, you know, earlier we were talking about you and your siblings and uh, in the book, you also uh, mentioned a lot about creativity and mindset. So I wonder if you can kind of go um, in more details and share with us what are some biggest difference between you who have been through this very unconventional path of education versus people who are traditionally schooled in terms of mindset, in terms of creativity, what are some big like uh, like contrasts or differences that you have observed? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So uh, one of the things is that I see through people that have gone through the traditional education system is they come back to the whole thing of life experience, mm -hmm. um, of actual mm -hmm. hands-on experience. And so they get out of school and they have a paper degree and they, they don't know how to apply that and mm -hmm. don't really actually have the experience to make something of that necessarily. Mm -hmm. And that's something too, basically, I mean, during those same years as my friends were being educated in the traditional system, I was being educated, but on a hands-on way in the real world. Um, so it was much more, you know, it was already being applied. Uh, so I think that's a, a difference. And as far as the creativity, um, people that are in the traditional education system, not that you can't maintain your creativity, but it's definitely a struggle. The system is not set up in a way where it stimulates your creativity. Like you're, you're lucky if you're able to escape with some of it, but you're, but it does, definitely doesn't create a place for it to grow. And mm -hmm. so I think as somebody who charts their own course a little more and determines what they're going to be learning and not based on society's standards, 
um, they're able to you know keep their um, creativity intact a lot better and actually even expand their creativity and their you know the, the things that they're thinking of and you know the, the thoughts that they're creating. Yeah, you know, I see the process. You know, you you go to school, you learn, but then you really have to unlearn what you have learned and then relearn new things. So, were there things specifically that you 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 did or you are still doing now to keep that creativity muscle like strong? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so I do a lot of writing. Mm -hmm. When I have thoughts, I write and I expound on them. Um, so different ideas that I've had, and some of them have been total failures. Like that's just the reality of being in the real world and in business world. Um, but yeah, I so I dream a lot. If you could ask my wife, mm -hmm. she'd tell you she has to hear about it every day. But I dream a lot of mm -hmm. just different things. If I if I have a thought, rather than just pushing it aside and be like, oh, that's not a plot, you know, that doesn't apply to what I'm doing right now, or that wouldn't make money or whatever, you know. I'm always just thinking of ideas and some of them never come to fruition, mm -hmm. but um, it helps just to let your mind go and let, you know, see where it leads. And sometimes if you start writing things out, uh, you'll be amazed as you, as you put your, as you put your thoughts on paper or some, it depends on who you are, you know, and how you process. I'm also mostly a verbal processor. And as mm -hmm. I start talking to people and telling them ideas that I've, you know, had, uh, it starts to flow and you start to get, mm -hmm. I think you even are a little bit this way as you start talking it starts to stimulate more ideas, starts to stimulate your brain and, and more creativity. So it basically you got to find a way to get your creativity out, keeping it all in your head, not putting it on paper, not telling somebody about it um, is unhealthy. I think for stimulating creativity. So I would say find a, a safe person. If you're a verbal processor, find a safe person that you can talk to and that they're not going to freak out. If you tell them some wild haired dream and, and be able to just share ideas and thoughts about different things they may want to do or that type of thing, you know, Wow, that's powerful and also reminds me of an interview I recently, last year I did with Ronnie, who is actually a, a leader uh, at Adobe and she is a disabled person and her school advisor actually told her and hey, you know, based on your condition, she was dreaming big, as you mentioned, Josiah, like I want to do this, I have children, blah, blah, blah. And her advisor with her good intention, and good heart was telling her like, Ronnie, you need to be more realistic, right? Like you, you just can't look at your situation. So I love how you disrupted that, you know, like still continue to dream big and find a person that you can really trust that will actually encourage you to foster and nurture those uh, great ideas. So I love that, yeah. yeah. And the, the good dreams will rise to the top. So like I throw out all kinds of ideas um, mm -hmm. and, but I wouldn't be where I am today and I wouldn't have take, taken the chances and started my own real estate company or any of that had I not been dreaming. Uh, but I would throw out all kinds of different dreams on paper or to my spouse or to my brothers. And uh, then the good things rise to the top. And you, you know, once you, <laughs> once you throw it all out there and start to expound on it, stuff that may not apply or isn't, you know, doesn't have a chance those things kind of, you figure out the place for those. And uh, the, yeah, the, the cream rises to the top. Yes, and be a dreamer, I love that. Yeah, that's one of my biggest takeaways. And I love this comment, saying that all great artists are also business people. And I so agree, I feel like for people, whatever, I feel like business savviness, business intelligence, should be like a core, common core course. Everyone needs to learn a little bit. You have this skill, but you have to learn how you can market this skill, how you can like leverage this skill to generate impact and income. And uh, and I agree, you know, like you need that sense of financial business literacy to, to really make this idea, like uh, turn that into a, a career. Yeah. So, you know, and uh, just wrapping this up and you and your wife, from what I see on Facebook, you have one kid. You guys are expecting another one. Congratulations. And uh, so, like, what are you going to do? I know your children are still young, very young, but like a few years down the road, and what do you think your educational or parenting approach is likely to be? Are you uh, in favor of the traditional schooling system, which I don't think so? Or are you going to homeschool? Like, what what is your plan? Would love to hear that. Yeah, I'd love to share that. So. Um, yeah, our, our son right now is two years old. And like you said, one on the way. Um, so we'll have a rowdy house here before too long. Um, but we, I, I think that because I'm a continual learner, we're already passing that on to our son at, at two years old. We're already teaching him things and he's advanced in many ways. Um, when he's around other kids, it's really neat to see some of the things that they're not doing. Um, just the other day I saw how just simple things of 
a kid that came over here and, and we had her hold, we gave her a glass for water. We actually give our son an actual glass, like a real glass. We've been doing that since he was like a year and a half old. Wow. And um, he, he, and he knows how to hold it. Like whatever you, whatever you expect of them is basically what they're going to rise to. He's never had a sippy cup or anything like that. Or, you know, but as soon as he was drinking water, he was drinking out of a glass and we just did that because it was practical and that was what was handy. But it was interesting to see that another kid who's his same age didn't know how to handle a glass and actually dropped it and shattered it. And mm -hmm. to him, it was nothing. He'll go get us a glass of water and bring it to us and that type of thing. Um, but anyway, just pushing him to learn real thing and not uh, not handicapping him by by not teaching him the actual life thing, you know, real, real things. Um, so we're teaching him even at this age. But I think as far as when he gets to schooling age, um, and I think that can be, uh, it's, it's really interesting to, to hear people's perspectives. I mean, society tells us at five or four is when they're supposed to start actual traditional school. Uh, and I don't necessarily know, I mean, who determined that age? It, I think for parents and for different kids, it could be anything, you know. My parents actually started me at uh, seven. I was seven and turned eight shortly after I started kindergarten. I was mm -hmm. much older than the rest of the kids in the kindergarten. Um, and that might've been what kind of set me in a different direction. Um, and so, and a couple of my siblings were started later too, when they were about six or seven. So mm -hmm. anyway, I think that it really just depends on the kid and when we start and stuff. But as far as the, the type of education and what that might look like for us, uh, I think it might look like a little bit like Montessori. I don't know all the details of exactly how Montessori works, but from what I do know, I, I, I could see something like that. It's very hands-on, but also like I'd mentioned earlier about Elon Musk, uh, it was very interesting watching an interview with him and he actually pulled his kids out of traditional school and i'm sure you know about that so he pulled his kids out and he started his own school he hired one of the teachers from where they went and everything and so and he's the one that was uh, that i really found intriguing about how he would talk about actually teaching the kids what they're interested in at that time figuring mm -hmm. out what your kids are interested in focusing on that and through their you know school career or through their years of, ed of education at home they're interested in different types of things mm -hmm. um, and so finding out what it is and they will actually remember and retain those things because they're interested in them. That's what I've found in, in my adult life. Whenever I'm interested in something, I learn so easy. I'm actually very easily educated. My teachers growing up when I was you know, younger, they would tell you that I was not able to be educated. They thought that I was a, an idiot. Um, but once I got into the adult world, I realized that I'd had to enjoy and actually see the value in what I was learning. And once I understood the value of it and uh, appreciated it, it was easy. I could memorize stuff with no problem. I didn't have to try an education. So I think that's the point is learning uh, for our kids, learning what they're interested in and really focusing on that. It's not that we won't teach them some things they don't enjoy, but really focusing on what they're interested in. And ultimately, a lot of those things that they're interested in will end up potentially becoming callings and things that they do with their life. Wow, so many great points. And I love the Elon Musk example. I mean, I read his story. They homeschool their kids, their school. And he even said someone did an interview with him earlier last year and asked him, hey, I, I want to work for Tesla. What do I need? He said that definitely not to PhD. I don't even care if you graduate from high school or not. And, but you do need to have ABC, all the skills that he was looking for. So that was a, a really a good example. I also love how you mentioned the, 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 the glass example. It really makes me think like how many self or pre-constructed beliefs that we already have as we enter our role to be a palm, to be a dad, to be a parent. We have all those like beliefs ingrained in us that we don't even know if it's right or wrong, but we just pursue pursue them as the beliefs, you know, capital B. And we think there's no other way. So really what you said, like really opens my mind. I love it. And also I love what you mentioned, you know, to focus on what our children are actually interested in. So do you think you will actually use a curriculum? Like for example, you know, there are lots of standardized curriculum, which is not based on the kid's interest, right? Like first grade, I love how you mentioned you started school actually late. Like first grade, as five years old, you need to master this and that. But so many parents, they stress out, okay, my kid can't do this, my kid can't do this. Like what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? So are you going to do that? Or are you going to be even more radical, you know, kind of the unschooling approach? Like there's no curriculum. The curriculum is life. You know, you just observe your kid based on what they're interested in and you kind of gather all those resources, be a collaborator to facilitate that learning based on their interests, but not 
confined by a specific curriculum. So I'm kind of interested in learning a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I would say that we, we might incorporate a little bit of curriculum as far as in, in some of the basics, like reading or something, there might be some curriculum possibly. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say most of it, it would I, I would just incorporate independent things that I feel like, you know, that my wife and I feel like are applicable um, to them, the things that they would be able to grasp and are appropriate for the age, you know. But I, yeah, I, don't, I think for the most part, I wouldn't really use a curriculum. Um, it's, it's too much of a box. Um, and, and not every kid fits in that box. Many of them don't. And um, so, yeah, I would be more creative probably with my approach. And wow. one of the things that I've really enjoyed already and I know I'll do into the future is I take my son everywhere with me. And I know it's not not everybody's able to do that um, with their work and stuff. But because of my work and the independent type of job that I have, I take him everywhere with me. And I know everything I do is a learning uh, learning circumstance for him. There's things that I would say, and I'd hear him repeat them. That can be a bad thing, but uh, in the right circumstance, <laughs> that it, it's it's been really neat to see him be able to like I not I'm, when I'm not even trying to teach him, I would see him repeat things. I'm like, wow, he's catching on to things that I'm not even necessarily having to be intentional about. Just having him present uh, can really teach your kids a lot. Wow, it reminds me of a great book I just read. You know. The, be, how to be a good parent, just showing up, like allow your kid to be with you. And that is so true. Actually, it reminds me of another book I read, which talks about this guy. I forgot his name. He has raised like his kids extremely successful, you know, doing all sorts of amazing things. And one tip he shared is that he actually brings his kids to all of his business meetings, whatever he's doing. So his children are actually immersed in real life learning exactly what you mentioned here. So uh, really, uh, really, really powerful. Yeah. Well, I don't want to end this conversation because I could talk about this forever, but I want to respect your time, everyone's time. And what a great conversation. I have been sharing social media on the lower third right now. Everyone definitely check out Josiah and also and any parting piece of the advice in terms of schooling, education, or life, or business that you want to share with our listeners. We have young people here, we have parents here, we have educators here. So any parting piece of wisdom that you want to share with us? Yeah, I'd be glad to. And the, the two things that I've mentioned are basically recaps of things I've already said. Uh, number one would be to uh, surround yourself with people that you can look up to. Uh, surround yourself with people that you can even, you know, somewhat apprentice under or, you know, uh, just just learn from. And it doesn't have to be in a formal apprenticeship. Just build relationships with people that you can learn from and will also connect you uh, to other people. You got to realize that's one thing I've in the last couple of years I've really learned is not to undervalue, never to undervalue relationships. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Uh, you know, that's really the key to many things, just business success and everything and learning even. Uh, is to make sure you really value relationships with people. And the other thing I would say is take a risk. And I know we mentioned this earlier, but uh, it basically boils down to being, being willing to jump out of the boat and do something radical. You know, go sign up for a, go, go file for political office at your local city council or a local health board or something. Just something to uh, basically te teach yourself to not be afraid of stepping into the unknown. <sighs> Stepping into the know, that's where magic is. I love it. You know, just talk about taking risks. I think you will love this story. I will share this real quick. So last year I had a conversation. I still have, even if I left academia, I still have lots of friends who are still teachers in education. So this one particular high school teacher shared with me, she told me, she said, I won't even believe it. Her students, high school students, they're so afraid of making a mistake and they refuse to use like uh, like pens with ink. They only want to use pencils and they have to make sure there's an eraser on the top. So if the pencil has no eraser, they literally are so afraid, lots of internal resistance. They, they just couldn't write down the answers. I was like, wow, how much damage we have done to our children, right? It, it is so sad to hear. And that's high school. By the time they get to college, even worse. And so here is a really good, uh, really good comment from Amanda, which I agree. And Josiah, you also mentioned quite a few times that learning has to be individualized. And I truly, truly believe this. And learning has to be personal. That's why at my school, everything is one-on-one -on -one personal. It is such a huge difference. And how can you observe each kid's interest in a class like 
300 students. That's what I used to teach. You know, we have 300 students, 400 students. I don't even know anyone's names, not to even mention what this person is interested in. And this whole model is just like messed up, doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, but anyway, yes, I agree. Thank you. Great insights. And uh, thank you so much. And definitely check out uh, Josiah on Facebook. And uh, so you want to mention your social media again. So here's Facebook, their website, and uh, also their Instagram. Uh, yep. Find me on Instagram at Hometown Realty Clinton Mo, and uh, Facebook under Hometown Realty as well. Look forward to connecting with some of you guys. Yes, yes, definitely connect with Josiah. And interested, if you are, check out our book. You will hear the entire yep. story, Skip the Degree, Save the College, me and Julia McCoy. And we featured quite a few people like Josiah in our book. So thank you so much and for such an incredible conversation and uh, music to my ears, everything you shared. And thank you so much everyone for joining us live from all over the globe. I hope you are enjoying this conversation. Give us a share, give us some hearts, give us a review. And I hope to see you again next Friday or Saturday, the same time, same location. Bye everyone. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. <laughs>